This is the Politics as Usual podcast where we cover everything from social events to world issues. Our weekly episodes provide unfiltered commentary on the hottest topics in pop culture. We're here with another Politics as Usual interview segment with your co-host, Casino Reno, and I got my special guest, Ingrid May, co-host of Pinoy Bounce in the building. How are you doing? Good, good, really good. Really excited to be here. Honored to be on Politics as Usual. I know I've been listening to you, you guys for like quite some time since you guys started, so... Of course, we appreciate the support as always. Um, I wanted to first start off with how did Pinoy Bounce start? Um, actually, I just came in about a year ago, almost, yeah, about a year ago, almost two, going into two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been doing it for quite some time. So Mark, PJ, and another guy named JR, he's also, like, he now works for Fan590. So um, they've been doing it for quite some time. I just happened to come in randomly as a guest so it was a time of the damar and the Kawhi trade okay yeah so um i think i just posted it one time on my i think it was my ig story and then mark we knew um, mark and i knew each other from mutual friends and through the filipino students association back when we were in university so he just like messaged me he dm'd me he was just like oh um ever want to consider going on this show that we have on like that we got going on I'm like all right what show he's just like oh it's uh this show before it was called Pinoy Crossover mm-hmm. so I was just like yeah sure why not like we'll talk ball I mean I do enjoy watching basketball and everything so of course like, all right I'll come on and then from there I uh, just had one episode in as a guest um came in again and then they're just like hey do you just want to be on the show I'm just like <laughs> Well, mind you, I have no camera experience. I haven't been in front of a camera in so long, or I haven't at all. So they're just like, yeah, it's whatever. Like you'll you'll work into it. Like you'll you'll get the feel of it, and eventually, like the camera's just nothing to you. So it's I have true. my moments. Yeah, so I have my moments though, where I'm just like, when it's like three, two, one, rolling, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I'll freeze sometimes. Yeah, but that's just how it is. But that's how like Pinoy Bounce has been. They're still going and everything. They're really all about the Filipino community and just about the basketball community, which is really great. So how, how did you first get introduced to basketball? Um, that's funny. Cause I feel like once, like if you're Filipino, I feel like it's just in your DNA to like either love, watch, play the game and everything too. For me, of it course. was, I think it was introduced from Space Jam. Okay. Classic, yeah, so classic. It's a classic movie. I mean, that's a really, um, uh, made me understand the game or just even understand who Michael Jordan was because growing up, uh, Looney Tunes was my show. And then so you put Looney Tunes and you put, you know, Michael Jordan, everything that was just, that's yeah. I just put everything together. Of course. So I feel like that's just a somatic, it's just like a somatic, like kind of um, artistic piece is what I like to call it, Space Jam. Mm-hmm. So that's what really introduced me to the game. That's what really made me, you know, I guess you say want to play or make me want to like in- watch the game even more. Mm-hmm. And then as you get, as I got older and everything, you know, gym class being basketball and everything. Of course. You're playing, you're playing basketball. Um, I think when it came to really understanding, especially when it came to NBA, 
I know everyone was just saying like they've been a fan since 95, but I was what three years old. I'm not gonna understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm that young. So I guess I have to say like I became a fan of like you know the Toronto Raptors and everything going into 2000. So Vince Carter was a time for for me to really like love the game. But it wasn't just BC with the Raptors. It was like I really fell in love with Allen Iverson. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. So, Sixers I legend. Mean, Sixers legend. Six feet, like you're six feet tall. You're not that, you, you know, six feet tall. You're not considered like, you're considered like short to play in the NBA. So that yep. kind of really inspired me. I was like, what, four foot seven. I'm just like, I'm going to be like him. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, yep. To play ball like that. I'm like, oh, if he's short, he can play. Like, I'm short, I can play too. So that really like, got me or like really inspired me when it came to really loving the game okay but as you know as I got older I I didn't know how to play it that well Mm -hmm. I guess it's just I don't have the athletic capabilities but I just really enjoyed and I really loved watching it so so kind of kind of touching on what you said earlier mentioning like early basketball like Raptors basketball anyways like Vince Sanity the early 2000s like yeah. seeing seeing where Toronto and Canada, Canadian sports as a whole, where it was at that moment, how do you feel about the evolution of Canadian basketball? Because now you have players like RJ Barrett, Tristan Thompson, Anthony Bennett. Like you're starting to see Canadian talent make it into making it into the league more consistently. So with that being said, how do you feel about that evolution, seeing how we were looked at as like the underdogs and we were looked at as a place where we weren't putting out consistent NBA talent, like seeing where we are now. Like, I just think it's amazing. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how you feel about the evolution of Canadian basketball. Um, I think what really helped when it came to the evolution of Canadian basketball was definitely, I'd have to say social media. Mm -hmm. Because like back then for us, it was what's just, it was just, Basically, our big most, like, our big franchise player for Canadian was Steve Nash, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the biggest one. That was, like, our big, um, for one of our biggest models when it came to Canadian basketball. But the evolution, it, it's it's great. But I just think that, like, it's just, it's, these athletes are very fortunate enough now when it comes to social media. You can easily get, be discovered going into, like, you can be, go, you can easily be discovered going into Division One basketball and everything. Obviously, there's going to be some political politics behind it you know from transitioning from you know a Canadian player going to division one in the states and everything but at the same time I just feel like there's now more exposure as in just like as an individual wanting to try and get into you know college ball and then later on going into the NBA as well Mm -hmm. I feel like don't sleep on us like we're always still going to be hated I mean when we took like when the Raptors took the 2019 chip and everything we're still we still don't get that much media coverage or we still don't get much like appreciation for how it is as a as a ball team like i know come on, like we're, like we're not just freaking hockey and lacrosse you know what i mean <laughs> it's true I, I find that um even even when we win they always find something to say there's always the they next always thing. Have, always, they, call, always. they call it pushing the goalposts they always find that next thing to kind of try and set you back so mentioning some of those players what's your top five all-time NBA players? All-time? All-time. So, like, from the time of growing up until now? Yeah. Okay, I I have to say... Definitely, for me, is Vince Carter. Okay. uh, Allen Iverson. Okay. 
Kobe Bryant. Okay. Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins. Really? That was yeah. that was left field. I did not. I was waiting to hear no. LeBron. I thought you were gonna no. say so, <laughs> no. So wait, let me ask you this: Do you think LeBron is better than Jordan, or you think Jordan is better than LeBron, or do you even think LeBron is in the conversation because you didn't even put him in the top five? See, that's the thing. Like, I do respect LeBron James. I consider him goat, but a, like the greatest of all time in his own. I I guess you can say in his own. I wouldn't say compartment or his own field or whatever, mm. but I just say like he has evolutionized the way of ball or like he became like the franchise player or he's just a walking, talking franchise mm-hmm. just by the way, just by the way that he's built himself. Right. Whereas with Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan set the tone for all of like a basketball in general as a sport. Right. So like the number one sport watched in all of America was before like it was i think i believe it was baseball i can't remember like yeah so america's pastime america's pastime is baseball even michael jordan's favorite sport is is baseball too right so like he set the tone of like he became like not only just like a franchise but he just became a movement of like this is what basketball really is whereas with like lebron james i just feel like in my personal opinion the way that like he's developed himself as like as that leader and as that type of player he's just more of like this is who I am. This is the type of like franchise I can build around the NBA. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's more so as a business and more so as like a, um, and he's also, and like, I wouldn't say he's just also just all monetary, but I just feel like he can have everything his way. If that makes sense. So, so are you, are you kind of touching on the whole um, super team thing where like, He's just able to <laughs> yeah. pretty much go anywhere and form yeah. on and have like an amazing team. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, where you had Michael Jordan coming in as a rookie and he he managed to bang like six rings and everything with from the same building team. from the ground from the same team from the ground up. Whereas like LeBron, it's just like okay, I want to chip with Miami. I want to chip with Lakers. Obviously, he went back to hometown Akron. Like went to Cleveland just mm-hmm. to win a chip again to prove it. But, like, he's had players around him, right? It's not like, he's not like he's built players with him. From the ground up. It was kind of yeah. like he just – they just picked a bunch of good players and just kind of put them on the same team. That's exactly the way I see it with LeBron James. Like, obviously, everyone's going to bash on me. They're like, oh, but look at his stats and everything. Look at the – I'm like, okay, I get that. But it's just, like, for me to see it, the com- like if you want to see a comparison between MJ and Jordan, I just feel like they're just two separate things to look at. Hmm. I agree. Go in his, like go in one aspect, but go in another aspect. So like, but if we had to fight or if we had to really debate on this, I'm like hands down Michael Jordan. And everyone else on this podcast or anyone that's tuning in listening, you can come at me. <laughs> I'm at sure they will. Castro. <laughs> DM me and everything. If you want to have a discussion, let's have a discussion. <laughs> I'm sure they will, because people have gotten at me for some crazy things I've said. Because a couple podcasts ago, I actually said that Lil, Lil Wayne is a better lyricist than Tupac, and it just went crazy. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we're going off topic now. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, off topic, off the topic. But I just want to know your opinion on, like, what do you think between LeBron and MJ? So, I think in a one-on-one, LeBron wins. Okay. Like if, they, if it's an empty gym, 
you, you put a ball in the middle, it's LeBron versus um, Jordan. I think LeBron is destroying him. From, a, from an athletic standpoint. He's big. I, I mean, he's a fridge. Yeah, yeah he's just built differently. It's nowhere close to like your average 90s player. So just yeah. physically, it's a whole different game. Even training has like evolved so much since the 90s, right? So That's I'd say true. on a one-on-one, LeBron would, I don't know, I don't know about smoke him, but I think he would win. Now, if okay. it's, if it's a, a, a team, a team scenario where it's um, Jordan's team versus one of LeBron's teams, I think Jordan is, is going to work. Yeah, see, that's the way I see it. That's why I see like indifferent, like you, everyone has to see it within like, everyone talks about or fights about Jordan and LeBron at an overall aspect, but you got to really see it, pick and, pick and choose between different like aspects of it of course different characters this is like what you said different scenarios like in 2k who are you taking obviously you're gonna take lebron yeah 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 no it's 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 a it's a tough conversation because the league is so different so do you feel that these super teams like when it was um ray allen paul pierce kevin garnett boston like like from those days to now like do you think that the the beginning of the super team uh helped the league or do you think it was a detriment to the league? I feel like, hmm, I just feel like it was like in a way a smart move, but it was also very, a che- like also a cheap move to do with it. So I just, in my personal opinion, I just feel like it's not, I, I guess you can see it's a little bit of both, but at the same time, it's just like, hey, if you want to win these kinds of chips, want to develop that kind of like those, take those, all those individual players that can get you the chip, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like they discovered the loopholes and everything into in building a team they managed to you know create cap spaces or could, they could be able to give each certain players like the max contract or give them the one and one and everything too right so yeah. if you if you have the money for it and you can be able to and you can be able to attain these players then by all means why not mm-hmm. it's just like does it provide an unfair advantage to most teams of course it does but that's just how it goes right I mean, like, it's the same thing when it came to, you know, Miami as well, when they developed their super team, right? With Bosh and Wade and LeBron. Yeah. yeah. I, I think um, it makes the league, like, less competitive. I want to kind of touch on what you were saying. Like, there's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there'll be, like, these, like, sh- like 100%, you're like, okay, it's going to be a certain, you got, like, certain maybe three to five teams where you're like, these are going to be the teams in the finals. And most of the time you're right. Like you don't, it's not really like how it used to be where there was more like a a lot of upsets and like, you never really know who could win. Like, I feel like the majority of the time who you expect to win in the NBA wins now. It's true. I mean, but that's, isn't the whole point of it? Like, I know, like, I'm just looking at it always at a business perspective when it comes to the building the super teams, but mm-hmm. I get what you mean. Like, before I used to, I loved Miami Heat because D-Wade was carrying that team. But, like, then they brought in the, like, Bosch and they brought in LeBron. I'm just like, all right, I'm off it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I understand what you mean. We're just like, I, I, I appreciate those players that can be able to carry a team, right? That can be able to lead a team and everything. That's just the way I enjoyed basketball. But now, like what you said, the start of like a super team and then obviously everyone finding its way of like developing their own super team. I was just like, all right, I know what you mean. It's predictability. It's not as fun. I get that. But at the same time, it's just like if you can be able to work your cap space around it, why not? Right. So, it's I mean, true. If you, 
if you were the president of a basketball of an like of an NBA franchise, wouldn't you find like you're the best of the best in order for your t- in order for your like league to win a chip? On- oh, for like, sure, for sure. And now, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily mad at it from like like you said like from a business standpoint. I think it's it's a great move, and I think you get these amazing games where you have like arguably on both sides with their starting five, you might have three to five all-stars playing on the floor at once. Right. So I think that's pretty dope, but I just, um, I enjoyed like the competitive nature where like, you just never knew, like, even like when the super team thing just started and, um, the Mavericks upset the Miami heat, like, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite series. Like I've ever watched, like, I love seeing like a team where I'm like, mm, I doubt they're going to do it. And then they pull it off and I'm like, whoa, like, whoa. you know what I mean? Not so much like when I'm like, Golden State's going to win. LeBron's going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like the same thing over and over again, but like they're yeah. just switching teams. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you feel about where the Raptors are right now? We've lost Kawhi. It's been, it's, you know, it's been a couple of years since we lost Kawhi. We lost Powell recently. I think oh, my heart still aches with that, but it's okay. Have you seen Gary Train with the game with the game winners? So. Yes, that that was that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about where the team is at right now? I think we're standing at eleventh, tenth or eleventh right now in the East. So. Um, it's okay. I mean, like, I know a lot of people are just turning off the TV and everything. I'm still watching the games despite the fact that we've had like what a fourteen game loss. Whatever, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. it's fine. I know, like. You know, I just feel like it's just, it's going to be this year, I guess, of rebuild for us, like, later on. I feel like we shouldn't contend, and I feel like we shouldn't compete to, you know, even try and make playoffs. Everyone's just like, yeah, we, we might make it. Don't worry. Like, we're still, like, everyone's head-to-head. Like, everyone's, like, toe-to-toe when it comes to, you know, the East and everything. I'm just like, mm, that's fine. But just, I feel like, I'm not saying tank the season, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, you know what? Let's just get a draft pick. Let's just be in the first round of the draft pick and everything. If we, you know, if we don't make, if we don't make playoffs, but yet we're still like at the bo- or like bottom right now, that's fine. Like we still have our, we still have our picks. We have our second round draft pick that we've managed to get from our trades from like Terrence Davis Jr. and Matt Thomas and everything. So if we can get a first round, that'd be great. So yeah, um, I mean, I'm, this draft class is pretty deep this year, so I'm gonna give it that. Okay, I didn't, I, I haven't yeah. been really been paying attention to NCAA really. I kind of tapped into March Madness a bit, okay, but um, I haven't been like watching throughout the season. So, did you watch it? Did you watch the finals yesterday? No, I missed it. Oh, no, yeah, yeah I missed it. I just seen yeah. some of the highlights. Gonzaga got like whoops, so I. Know. I I gave it like hands down to the underdogs of Baylor that managed to win that chip. They played so aggressive and they played with their hearts all out, like everything on the court, which is amazing to see. I mean, their last championship appearance was in 1948 against Kentucky and they lost. So to them to take a win, their very first men's basketball championship. So and I you see, and I think that's what's exciting. Like that's kind of the yeah. thing I was talking about that the NBA is missing. Like. Like, we don't have that team like a Baylor that's going to just steal a championship from a favorite. Like, it just, it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, because I I haven't been watching NCAA ball as much as I used to, but. It's more raw. Yes. And they're more more hungry. They're not making money yet. There's like, you know what I mean? Even though I, I believe that's changing. You can make money off your likeness now in the NCAA. 
I believe so. Don't quote me on that, but I think they were working on that. But um, I just I feel think... like individuals. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Like, no, no. Continue. On. Continue. Oh no, I just feel like that now with players being discovered on through like through college ball, they can be able to get sponsorship sponsorships already. Yes, so they, that's that's one way of payment already for them. So we'll give it to them. And I believe the NBA started like a a new league where it's like a one year uh, bridge program where you can bypass the NCAA and do this program for, I believe it's one, one season. And then you could go straight to the NBA after that. So like there's, they're, they're making a lot of maneuvers to kind of change the direction that the NCAA has to play because there's been a lot of years where they've been making millions and millions of dollars off these players and they can't make anything from it. You know what I mean? So I just think all in all the NBA is, is missing that hunger that the NCAA March Madness has in my Oh, of course. I think it's just always been that way since time. Yes, it's just true. The raw, just the raw, like, talents that you see or just, like, like what you said, the hunger of each player trying to make their way to even get into the NBA or just to be even be some sort of, like, to be, like, the number one prospect, right? Whereas it's just NBA, like, well, I'm already here. I'm already making my money. It just it becomes more of a business standpoint, right? So True. from from talent to business, right? So that's how it is. Yeah, they end up they end up getting a lot more a lot more comfortable. I notice, but um, we're gonna switch gears a little bit here okay. as we wind down. Um, you being a representative of the Asian community and also being a supporter of the Black community during these trying times, I just kind of wanted to get your take on on BLM and some of the, the, the Asian hate that's just been spewing out uh, like around the, like several different countries as of late, which I'm sure there's been things that have happened prior to that, but now it's become more of like a more prominent thing within society. How do you just feel about the direction of where we're going? Like, I feel like we've made so much progression as a people. For us to be still dealing with things based on race is just, it's ridiculous to me. So I just kind of wanted to get your take on and your stance on it. Um, so it's it's still going to be a learning curve for everybody. It's it's still a learning curve for me when it comes to becoming an ally with like, you know, with the black community. But I just feel like, you know, the black community have like in the way I said black community have their own problems to deal with. The Asian community is dealing with its problems from before up until now. Like we're all any person of color, even you know, Native Americans, Indigenous of course. are also are, are, are all going through it. Latina, like the Latinx community is going through it. Heck, you know, even the LGBTQ community is going through all, the, all this stuff too, right? So it's just like, everyone is going through it, especially for people of color. It's just a matter of like, why is society or like, why is social media telling the Black community to become an ally or the Asian community to become an ally? What about the white people? You know what I mean? Yes, of course. The people people that are in power, of course. So I'm just like, okay, like, I think that's that's what's been really, like, that's the way that I've been seeing within social media is just that, like, they're going to create some sort of, like, animosity between, like, let's say the Black and the Asian community. Yes. Or just like sometimes black people will be just like, why should we support the Asians? Or like the Asians, why should we support the Black people? And I've seen that. I have seen that. It's just, I just feel like it's just a sense of white supremacy creating that kind of, you know, not, so, I'm not going to say rivalship, but that, that type of hatred, you know what I mean? Watch us bump heads while they sit in the back and just watch. Yeah, 
that's yeah. exactly it. It's just like white people would create these stereotypes of black people. It, white people would create these stereotypes of Asian people. I mean, look at their representation in movies and social media in general. Of or since course. the beginning of time, like since, you know, from the time of like, like even from the end of slavery where they were freed and everything. Like there's, there's, there's still, you're still getting all of that shit propaganda and everything. It's still going mm-hmm. up and still, for centuries now for the black community. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Same for the Asian community too. We were, we, you know, they took Philip, like American, like white Americans took Filipinos and they were treated into like circus clowns and everything too, making yeah. them eat dog shit and whatever and all that other crap too. So like we were yeah. like ridiculed as well. They also made them do like slave uh, labor, I believe, like uh, building a lot of rail railroads and and things like that too. So there's definitely certain things that align between both of our communities, and I just. I don't know. I just think all of us as a people, like you said, we got to tend to our issues because it's like, how can I help somebody else if I can't help myself? But yeah. I also but I also feel like in the process of us helping ourselves, we shouldn't be putting down anybody else. No, you not know at what all. I, mean? I, I think no, there's a thin line between the two. Like sometimes people go a bit overboard and it becomes a thing where it's like we're butting heads as opposed to just dealing with our issues as as a people you know what i mean and yeah. then if we have to come together as a pe- as a human race then we do that but like our specific cultures we got to do what we got to do to help our cultures and then we could start looking around at other cultures and banding together and helping so me being a black man i could i could personally say within my community i wish we didn't look so much towards other communities for help and we kind of banded together ourselves because within your community your dollar circulates within your community a lot longer you guys have more loyalty even from just a finance even if you guys don't like each other let's just say because i'm sure not every asian person likes each other that's just common knowledge but as a community though you guys keep your money within your community and it just keeps circling and filtering through your community our community it doesn't, our, our money just immediately goes to other communities right away. We're, we're, we're buying the Gucci, the Louis, the Prada, all this type of stuff. So I would just say, for me, I just feel like our community should really just tap into what we have going on and do what we got to do to help ourselves. But at the same time, like I said earlier, not take away from anybody else's struggle because who better than us to know anybody, another person's struggle, right? So I just think as a whole, like we need more conversations, like the conversation we're having today where you're from a different culture and I'm from a different culture, but we're able to sit here and have an open conversation and not be ignorant about it and understand both of our issues that we're dealing with, you know what I mean? So I just think all in all, it's going to be a process. Oh, it's been a process. But I'm I'm seeing progression. There, there, well, of course, there is progression, you know, um, a lot of people are becoming more open minded. And you know, a lot of people are, you know, really trying to educate themselves. And I give them that. It's just a matter of like what you said, it's just help. It's also like helping within your community build within your community, right? So I guess it's the same for us. However, the only thing like the only thing that like, I can see why sometimes communities will clash within each other is because of, you know, certain things that that's been instilled in our minds from like from past history, right? We can even talk about the caste system or the case system, right? Mm -hmm. You know, from from white is right to like when you go, you know, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just like that. So like, I feel like when you say like, you know, you're the money, 
that's built within your community go somewhere else. It's just like, I feel like I'm not going to say what they should be doing, but I'm just saying like, even for us too, like as Filipinos, oh my gosh, like the minute we get their, pay, their we get their, pay, we get our paycheck. It's like, we're spending it on like another, on all of this stuff too. Like we're, we're hitting designer, mm-hmm. a bunch of like, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm picking up kicks whenever I can, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know I, I get it. Like we, there are certain things that we do enjoy liking, but it's just like, I understand what you mean by just like, why can't we just, you know, put that towards our, our, like our, like our own branding or like our own, like, like, like ethnic branding, I guess, you know what I mean? You, you know what it is? What you just made me think of, it's like, um, if I, if I go to Gucci, I don't ask for a discount. But, but if you go to your homie... I'm going to be for the discount. Exactly. Oh, and I think that's time. my issue. That's my yeah. thing. Like support, okay. support your brothers and sisters the same way you support this corporation that you don't even know who runs it. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's just the way that everything from the top, from we got to go all the way back into the beginning where just like how everything was advertised. Right. Or now it's becoming better now, like support local, support the people around you, support your friends and family when it comes to these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I feel like it's been getting better. Like I have my own cookie business going on too, so like shout out to all the entrepreneurs, shout <laughs> right? Entrepreneurs. So you know, COVID's been like really hitting, taking a toll for everybody. So got to make ends meet somehow, some way, right? So of course, just, of course. But yeah, like what I've noticed too, like even when like developing my own type of business and everything, like I've had people ask me, so like, how much does it do I get if I get like more than like, you know, two dozens? I'm just like, it's it's still gonna be the same price. And I, and I noticed <laughs> that people people do that a lot. They do that a lot. They they get in this habit of feeling like it's almost like what you're doing is lesser than that that what, major what's gucci selling exactly yeah. you know what i mean like if i was a, mm-hmm. a designer and i used all the same type of fabrics that gucci was using and i put my price point as the same as like a gucci leather jacket you, more people are going to complain about my p- price point than gucci's yeah. price point and i and i did the same thing same process same materials yeah it's just and a different I, branding that's it exactly so it's i just because of, it's just what it's just the way that it's advertised and the way that people you know show it off and I guess or whatever but it's just uh I feel like I sh- like everyone should try and get away from that but it's just when it comes to designer it's a status right it's like if yes. you're all, all the designers all up here rather it's just like if you're rocking locals like you're down here but whatever I, like, you I, could be rocking you could be rock, rocking a Gucci belt next you know it's wear and tear like within the, like after a year you know it's I mean? true it, it it it's the the leather starts cracking like any other leather yeah. you know what i mean it's right. nothing different but a lot of people have this misconception that you know what it is i find a lot of people that it, they use it almost like as like a a way to show where they're at financially even if they're not quite yeah. there so they yeah. use it as oh, a yeah. way to make it feel like oh you know i'm a million dollar man i'm a, I'm a six-figure guy you know what i mean or six-figure woman you know what i mean yeah like i find a lot of people use that to kind of support a financial status that they don't even have no it's like that it's it's like that it's probably it's like that a lot when i see in like in the asian community where it's just like if you don't have certain designers you're considered poor immediately but you gotta be head to you gotta be head to toe louis you gotta be head to toe like gucci but it looks so ugly on you the way Mm -hmm. that you rock and the way that you style i'm like all right cool 
you're rocking like 15k like from head to toe you're still ugly my guy that's the thing they use it to avoid <laughs> it's, it's true yeah. that, that's so true a lot of people use it to to hide or or or, or if they kind of put their insecurities behind this gucci and this brand that yeah. I'm you know what i mean so I just think all in all, it's, it's, it's crazy where the world is at, but we just need more conversations like this. And you know, yeah. we need more unity among communities. While we're doing what we're doing for our own, we still need to have a open, an open ear to other communities and still come together and have sure. somewhat of an understanding. Even if you, you don't completely know what they're going through, just having an open ear, I think is more than enough because it's been too many years where they wouldn't even listen to us. They wouldn't even listen to your community. They wouldn't, you know what I mean? There's oh, yeah. like so many years of us going through things like that. So I just think it's great that we have platforms where we could just openly speak about these things. But I'm going to continue. No, 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 continue, continue. No, it's also good too, because now workplaces are developing more for their, you know, when it comes to human resources and everything for inclusivity and everything like that. It's like, of it's course. getting better rather than just like, don't say, don't say racial slurs don't say homophobic slurs like that's yes. your only two lines in like in human resources when you're doing like your onboarding but now it's just like all right we're going to have the conversation like these are the type of things that you have to understand and like what what's wrong and what's right to say like i just feel like it's um, i don't want to say it's like it's kindergarten where you should like don't say this don't say that but like that's just kind how you is. have to explain <laughs> it's just how you have to explain it to people these days right like don't say this and don't say that don't do this don't do that it's true. But I don't know. That's just the way I see it. So, once again, thank you for being on the podcast, but I'm going to hit you with my last question. All right, shoot. Since you're a basketball fan, I got to ask you, right here, right now, on the Politics as Usual podcast, who do you got winning the championship this year? I want Phoenix Suns to win. You, but who do you think's going <laughs> to win? I know who you want to win, but who do you think's going to win? Um, I can see Brooklyn Nets. I think Brooklyn Nets could take it. You think so? But do you really think, think so. you think they could take out LeBron? I think they can take out LeBron. So that's your pick. That's my pick. You're yeah. locked in. I'm locked in. Okay, okay, okay. What about I'm happy you? For me, I I really I really like that. Um, what KD and like that whole. That whole team is just crazy right now, but that's hey, that's a super team right there. That, yeah, that and that got put together like Blake Griffin got thrown in there. Like it was yeah. just, it was crazy how they put all that together. I'm I'm leaning towards if LeBron is really like that ankle's really good and like everybody comes back healthy, ready to go. I got Lakers again. You got Lakers? Oh my gosh, another Lake show. Yeah, and I'm not even a Lakers <laughs> fan. I'm not a Lakers fan, but... But realistically, yeah, you know. If they're healthy, I definitely got Lakers. But it, it's going to be a competition because if if the Nets could stay healthy, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But right here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in with the Lakers. You're going with Brooklyn? Yes. Brooklyn Nets, okay. This is another interview segment of the Politics as Usual podcast. It's your host, Reno, with my special guest, Ingrid May. Thank you for pulling up, and we'll see y'all soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. It's an honor.
you're looking for any updates regarding our podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at usual underscore podcast. And on Instagram, it's politics as usual cast. Also, for episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple.